Welcome back to part two of Long Island Serial Killer. If you haven't figured it out, we, meaning I, are going to be releasing both parts at the same time or close enough, probably 30 minutes apart, um, on the 23rd. So, and I'm recording this the night of the 22nd. But if you haven't checked out part one of Long Island Serial Killer, we talked about victims and a little bit about Lisk. But listen to that one before you listen to this one, because this one we are going to go talk about suspects and persons of interest, plus some other stuff that I noticed. Um, that I really want to get to and why people think the way they do type of thing. So without further ado, if you like this episode or any episode, follow us, Anchor, Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast, anywhere in the world. I think currently we are still sitting at most of our viewers in the United States and 5% of viewers in Ireland. Um, get us known everywhere, is what I'm saying. If you like this podcast, you know, tell your family, friends about it. Go write a blog about our podcast. I don't care. Get us known. Okay? Um, but without further ado, this isn't really going to view or have a viewer's discretion advice like I said we're just talking about suspects and other stuff related to this case but just in case viewer's discretion is advice regardless if we do need it or not this episode um but yeah let's continue we're already two minutes in the suspects we are going to be talking about is quite a bit um one of them we are going to go into more detail later on why people think it's this one, but without what we think. Let's see. The first one is James Burke. On December 15th, 2016, the attorney for Gilbert's family said that escort who had conducted business with former Suffolk County Police Chief James Burke claimed he was connected to the Long Island murders. In November 2016, Burke had been sentenced to 46 months in federal prison along with three years of supervised release for beating a man who stole a duffel bag filled with sex toys and porn from his vehicle. Uh, Burke had pleaded guilty in 2016 of February to charges of of a civil right violation and conspiracy to obstruct justice. Gilbert's attorney said in December that one escort claimed that she wanted to have rough sex with Burke during Oak Peak party. Um, like I said, if you don't know who Gilbert is, check that victim out in the previous part. The escort identified as Lane she specifically stated that at the first party at Oak Beach, 
she attended in April 2011, she saw Burke drag an Asian-looking woman by the hair to the ground. She stated that the woman did, however, think that this was playful rather than violent. Um, the other escort said that when she saw him for the second time, she decided to hook up with him as she was told that he was a high-ranking official and that was interviewing to her, I guess. She described that he violently yanked her head during all sex to the point where she started tearing up. Burke was unable to reach orgasm and proceeded to throw 300 to 400 at her afterwards. Um, this was in August 2011. At the time, she was not a professional prostitute, which I didn't know you could be professional at something illegal, but um, which I'm not saying it should be legal. I'm just saying I don't think there's an indication of a prostitute being professional. At, she states that this was the time she w was paid for sex. Burke was reported to have blocked an FBI probe to the list case during his time as police chief. This guy, this guy seems really, really, not just corrupt, but really fucked up. You know, I, I don't get why a police chief beat up a man that had a duffel bag of sex and porn. Why doesn't he just go buy sex toys himself? Why doesn't he just go on Pornhub or Brazzler or Brazzlers or go to an existing porn video shop or go to a truck stop with porn magazines? Why beat up a man that has this stuff? You know that that's not that's not suspicious in this case. I'm just going to throw that out. But why? The 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 thing that is really suspicious is the witness account. And the the point where she was like, oh, "This guy's pretty interesting. This guy didn't seem like a killer at the time. Let me hook up with him." Maybe I'm just going to risk my fucking life and get murdered. No. But him grabbing someone that looks like Gilbert. And, you know, even had the potential during oral sex to cause damage to the other escort. It's just... That. And on top of that, he blocked a FBI probe for this case, for Lisk, our Long Island serial killer. That doesn't seem suspicious, but at the same time, aside from the sex toys and pornography beating that guy, everything else does kind of connect him to this. Um. But what happened after, uh, 
let's go back to when she was describing an Asian looking woman you know get dragged kind of thing um what happened to her we the attorney can't actually say that it was Gilbert nor can this escort her prostitute in terms um neither of them can actually say it was Gilbert police chief is Lisk the police chief murdered Gilbert any Asian woman could be prostitute especially in New York especially at a party especially when you know this may sound bad or demeaning but you know if you're a prostitute you're looking for a good time any Asian woman can do that any man woman can do that when they're prostitute because that's what they're looking for they're looking for sex they're looking for someone to give them a good time but they're getting paid for it and so in this case despite the FBI probe being blocked and the witness statement none of us can say it was Gilbert we can just say it was an Asian woman that may have been Gilbert um, the next suspect is John Bitroff on September 12, 2017, Suffolk County Prosecutor Robert said that John Bitroff, um, a Suffolk County resident convicted of murdering two prostitutes and suspected in the murder of a third, was a suspect in at least one of the Lisk murders. Robert has stated that John was likely responsible for the deaths of the other women but and that there were similarities between the Gilgo Beach crimes and his known murders, which he was convicted in May 2017 and sentenced in September. Bitchoff um, was arrested in 2014 after DNA was linked to him that was found on two prostitute homicide victims. They were Rita and Colleen, the, whose bodies were found in 1993-1994. Um, he was convicted once again in May 2017 of these murders, and for each murder, 25 years. The Suffolk County Police did not commit, did not comment on the prosecutor's statement due to the active homicide investigation of the Lisk murders. Um, her, his attorney also rejected the prosecutor's assertion, um, but a married carpenter, Bitroff, had lived in Manderville, which, once again, go check out the other episode because Manderville is where a couple other victims were found. Um, and he also is said to be a hunter, and he enjoyed the killing of animals and uh, I'm going to say, I think a lot of hunters, if not some, but all, will say they hunt because they enjoy it. They hunt because they like to shoot guns. They hunt because they like to shoot bone arrows. They hunt to provide meat and sell the meat. Whatever hunter says, you know, it, it would very sound like hunter, any hunter to say they do enjoy the hunt. They do enjoy pulling the trigger. They do enjoy this and that. And in this case, it seems like 
John was another hunter like that. The grown daughter of Rita, one of Betra's known victims, was reported to be best friends with Melissa, one of the Gilgo Beach victims. Um, Bartholomew's mother said that her daughter Melissa had a lot of calls to Manorville from her phone before her death. Another suspect is Joseph Brewer. Joseph Brewer is an Oak Beach resident. Once you can go check out the other episode because some victims were also there. Um, was one of the last people known to have seen Shannon Gilbert alive. He hired her as escort from Craigslist on the night of her disappearance. Brewer said that shortly after Gilbert arrived at his residence, she began acting radically and fled into the night. And this is where I guess the police could have actually just stated that she did panic, she did flee, but she could have done it under drugs. And I think that would have been a lot more logical to state because according to Joseph, she had been acting erratically before she fled. And that was when Gilbert called 911 and said that they were trying to kill her. However, Brewer had no evidence against them besides Gilbert was last seen alive with them the night that she did die and Brewer was quickly cleared as a suspect. This one is another person that we're going to talk more about. His name is Dr. Peter Hackett. Two days after Gilbert's disappearance, Dr. Peter Hackett, an Oak Beach resident and neighbor of Brewer, called a woman's mother, which her, uh, Gilbert's mother was Mary, and she later recounted that he said he was taking care of Gilbert, that he ran away, or that he ran home for wayward girls. Three days later, he called the mother again, denying that he had no contact with her daughter and that um, he had called Mary Gilbert. Um, investigators later confirmed through phone records that Hackett called Mary twice following his disappearance. The marshy area where Gilbert's remains were found was also noted as near Hackett's backyard. Gilbert's family filed a wrongful death suit against Hackett in November 2012, claiming that he took Gilbert into his home that morning and administered drugs to her, which caused her death. Um, later, police revealed that Hackett had a history of inserting himself into or exaggerating his role in certain major events, which later police did rule out him as a suspect, as is in the deaths of Gilbert and the less victims. I don't know, this guy This guy seems still a suspect. He seems pretty sus. And that's because through, if there was any confusion, he called Mary after the disappearance. It doesn't be specific if it was his phone or if he got the phone number off of her daughter. It's not clear, but, you know, he did state that one, he was taking care of her daughter 
and he did run a wayward home for runway girls or girls that go about I guess but then point number three in him in his case is he did call the mother again um and denied that he had any contact he wasn't even taking care of her daughter he didn't even see his her daughter um and like I said the phone records do confirm that there was two calls after her disappearance to the mother Mary and once again she was found in marshy area where there's water and stuff and where police say that she drowned she was administered on drugs and well not it's really close to where he is it's literally right in his backyard kind of but here's the thing though from the last episode the it sounded like the family didn't believe she was on drugs and that's that's why she or her mother hired a private autopsy which revealed that there was possible circulation and that when she was found dead her body was face up in the water instead of face down when like other drowning victims that's the second half of that okay so whether or not she was on what or was not on drugs it seemed like she was at some point to a certain extent it seems like that at some point she had drugs either at Hackett's house or Brewer's house. You gotta remember they're neighbors. Maybe she got pleasure from Hackett. Then at some point she did have drugs in her system. These drugs made her erratic at Brewer's and she ran because dark she's afraid and she's paranoid and all of that and so she runs across and Hacky catches her and shingles her I, I don't know it's just theorizing because there's these two very likely suspects aside obviously from the police chief um that had involvement in Gilbert's death and it seems like we're talking about Gilbert but that's because we are there's other victims there's other victims obviously but we're we're still focused on Gilbert because I think that's the police main reason of and connection I guess I don't know but Brewer Hackett are, are number two suspects like they known her even Hackett denied seeing her after saying that she was there at his house. But once again, Hackett has exaggerating personality. So uh, let's say he can be like, oh yeah, I saved 10 lives in a shooting, but he really didn't save it, barely any. Probably just saved himself. Um, but the last victim, and last suspect I just say is James Bissett 
Two days after Shannon Gilbert's remains were found, Vista took his own life in his car at Mattatuck Park. He ran a nursery which was the main supply of burlap in the region. Okay. That's as much as I can tell you about this guy. I can't actually rule him as a suspect. And even even if Bissett did I'm not saying if because he did take his own life. It doesn't mean that he was involved. Maybe he was already going through a tough time. He seemed to have depression. He's you know, I'm not psychologist obviously I'm just a normal guy but I wouldn't actually say Bissett is a suspect because of his suicide okay maybe he knew Gilbert though not at a suspect level as a killer but maybe Gilbert and Bissett has some sort of history and they were close and that's the reason that he committed suicide and I get it why some people do find a suicide like disconnected to this case or any case like this as a suspect because we can insert of them not being that close or being close however you want to insert it as and say that the reason that he committed suicide because he known about what happened. He's seen it. He didn't stop it. He he was involved. He was a bystander. He was a conspiracist. He was X, Y, and Z. You know. But I don't know what's the information I got about this guy, which is literally two sentences. And Mattituck Park isn't actually really a place that is connected to Lisk. I could not imagine Visit being a suspect. Like I said, this guy was probably going through depression. And he probably had severe depression disorder, personality disorder that of sort that he was already going to commit suicide. And I, I hope that's the reason. Because compared to Brewer Hackett or the police chief even. Um, he doesn't just, he doesn't stand out. And I guess people can say guys that don't stand out are typically, typically the guys that did it. There's, like I said, I, I have two sentences about Bissett. That's how much information is probably actually out there about this guy. So, sure, he's just not a suspect. I could have just said that, but I had to explain. And hopefully you understand why I say he's not a suspect. Because anyone can commit suicide. Anyone can struggle after a loss. Doesn't mean that they did it. Doesn't mean that they murdered someone. It's like... One of those things. But anyhow, 
without going and rambling the same shit over and over again. Let's go back to this Hackett guy. Um, let's see. This is from the tab, which I don't, I think it's part of oxygen. Um, it looks like it's part of oxygen, but I could be wrong. Anyhow, without that, um, this article came out a year ago, keep that in mind. They do talk about a Netflix crime film called Lost Girls, which is based on the real life story of the Long Island serial killer. It does tell the story of Shannon Gilbert, who disappeared in 2010. I was found almost a year later. Or over a year. Um, one of the main suspects in the Netflix version is Dr. Peter Hackett, who, in the interview, is acting very strangely, or strangely, and is constantly changing his story. Um, once again, though, keep in mind this guy likes to just be so dramatic. So, um, Dr. Peter Hackett, though, was actually not treated as a suspect in the case, despite what I just said. Um, according to court records, Hackett's full name is Charles Peter Hackett. He is a retired emergency services doctor, former resident of Oak Beach. According to CBS News, Mary Gilbert at the time said, quote-unquote, Peter Hackett told me that Shannon was at his house that he ran away, or that he ran a halfway house for people who wanted to get off the street, and that Shannon was there. Mary said Dr. Hackett told her Shannon had left his house with her driver and that he was worried about her. Mary also had stated in that same interview that Hackett told her he had given Shannon medication on that night, but when Shannon's sisters went out to Oak Beach, he got a different story. Hackett even went as far as denying calling Mary or even seeing her daughter. Um, Hackett's side um, said that he hadn't seen Shannon. Then his story changed when he told CBS News crime investigation show 48 hours that he had talked to Mary, but it had been later in a week. The 48 hours team went to Dr. Hackett's house to ask him about why his story kept changing. He said, quote unquote, I couldn't remember my story. Seriously, a person gets a lot of phone calls. Hackett sent two letters to 48 hours and two and T11, acknowledging that he made the calls but denying that he ever met Shannon, took her in or gave her any treatment of any sort. Um, Dominic Froon, former ch- chief of detectives, told CBS News that Hackett wasn't treated as a suspect in the case. Quote unquote, he's an individual who likes to get involved. Some call him a storyteller, an exaggerator. I don't know. I still feel like he's a suspect, as stated before. There's obvious reasons. He did change his story, but the one thing that did not change is that he called 
Mary Gilbert, saying to Mary, some point between two phone calls, she was there. Then he changed his story and said she wasn't there and he never let her in. That's what sticks out. He He's probably one of, despite his storytelling, despite him changing stories, he should still be considered a suspect for that reason. I wouldn't clear off a suspect that made two phone calls. Both of them stated that he had her daughter taking care of her daughter. The second phone call changed the story, saying that she wasn't there anymore. She had never been there. And then he kept on lying about how he never contacted Mary, but he did. Um, the tweet from the True Crime Witch podcast as of 2019 um, said that Dr. Peter Hackett was a neighbor of Joseph Brewer in the Oak Beach area. Just two days after Gilbert was reported missing, her mother received a phone call once again from Dr. Hackett who told her that Shannon was being looked after by a man who ran a home for wayward girls. He was eventually cleared as a suspect, however, um, and according to podcast they said I feel like this was a mistake by the police and he's a very strong suspect in the Lisk investigation if you're listening I, I'm pretty sure you feel the same way I, I do believe that he does exaggerate he does lie he he is a storyteller and that's why I say he's a liar I, I think that police should have actually looked and kept him as a suspect and should have never even said he was never a suspect. How are you going to say that he was never a suspect when there's the same thing glaring right in front of you about the phone calls? Um, once again, Mary filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Hackett in 2013. Um, at the end of the Netflix film Lost Girls, it said, or it says that phone records confirmed that Hackett did call Mary. Like I said, I'm a little bit repeating from earlier, but it's okay. Um, he called Mary two days after she went missing, and that Mary filed a wrongful death lawsuit against him. Mary Gilbert's attorney, John Ray, claimed in the lawsuit that Hackett had treated Shen and told Mary. And a phone call that he had medicated her because she was so upset. He claimed that these drugs had um, eventually evolved into her death. Um, in 2018, Hackett denied treating Shannon and lost her with dismiss. Sometimes the justice system doesn't have enough evidence, I guess, despite. I, I, I do truly think they have enough, but. They don't have enough, enough to the point of saying that he did kill her. Despite her death being necessarily right in his backyard, you know, in that general area, despite him lying and changing his story, despite the phone records, the thing that they do need him 
that they do need to connect him to is um, the body. It's it hasn't been clear that there has been any evidence or DNA linking Hackett to her. Which I don't know if it's weird, but I guess water does do that. I I'm not a forensics fish or CSI or anything like that. But I would at least think at some point that the drugs whatever drug was in her system at the time of her death if, like I said if there was one I'm guessing there is now um, but at the time of her death the drugs should have correlated back to Hackett and if there was official proper investigation which at this point I don't believe in a proper investigation in this case um, or even a good investigation Whatever medication showed up in the autopsy of Shannon Gilbert should come back to Hackett and whatever medication that he gave her. And that is at least enough evidence in the justice system to actually say he killed her or he did see her. He did interact with her. I'm not a nurse, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what type of meds could calm a person down like that. Whether it's actual meds or just knockoff job. Yeah, acts like medication. I, I, I don't do that. But that's a connection that they actually do need. And I'm not, and like I said, if there was a good investigation, the drug in your system should come back to hack it. If Hackett truly did give her medication to calm her down, not to actually kill her. Dr. Peter Hackett now lives in Florida. He lives in Fort Myers with his family. He has uh, refused to do TV interviews. However, in one Crime Watch Daily, he said he had nothing to do with Shannon's death and doesn't even go in the house for wayward girls. He might not now, but it seemed like at the time of the death, he did say that he did allow people from the streets come and stay. Um, he then dramatically collapses and blames the TV crew for set for setting of his defilibrator. He then won't let the TV t- team call 911 and calls them, or calls and calls them clowns. He then drove off a short time after falling to the ground. And this is why he exaggerates. It we see it a lot actually, if you truly do pay attention to certain things. And when when we cross the line of exaggeration and it's real shit, he's exaggerating. During a TV interview. When you're lying, when you're doing something, you have to do something to make people feel sorry for you. You have to exaggerate. You have to dramatize on television or in a courtroom or anything. And that's what it seemed like he did. He, he seemed like he had a heart problem. He seemed like he wasn't getting enough oxygen. He fell, he collapsed. And then 
he changed the story around saying that it wasn't his fault, but it was TV crew's fault for messing with his defibrillator. And then he drives off as if everything was fine. He even refused to let 911 be called. What he did was elaborate act to divert any uh, suspect or subject or anything from him. It's really, really, it's becoming more popular, I should say, with a lot of cases like these. When the actual perpetrator, and I am saying this guy is probably the actual guy that killed Shannon. I'm not saying he killed all the victims, but the number one victim that he more than likely killed was Shannon. And that's probably the only victim he has killed. But he is actually he dramatized. He literally had no problem and then pushed the blame on everyone else. And then drove off like everything was fine. And I know that I do um, exaggerate and repeat too. I'm not going to say that I don't. It's just elaborating a point in this case. So, without further ado, let's see what else. Um, let's see. This is an article from this year. From this month, actually. From people.com. Talks about a upcoming Discovery Plus series if it hasn't been released yet. Um, that tackles decades-old Long Island serial murders. Um, it just goes into stating that on March 9th, Discovery Plus will begin streaming a two-hour episode called Unraveled Long Island Serial Killer. Exploring why the case remains unsolved. I'm going to tell you a little bit why I think it is. I, I, I Like I said in the last episode. Some of the victims may not even be connected. The more that I look at Shannon Gilbert's case. The only person that seems connected to her death. And only her death. Is Hackett. The other murders are connected to Lisk. And I, I don't necessarily think the dismembered bodies are 100% connected, but it seems like those murders with the mutilations and garbage bags happen in the beginning stages of Lisk. So this is where he couldn't control his rage and his fire of killing people and killing specifically prostitutes. And in that case, that's why he erratically did this. He couldn't control it. That's why I stated it in the last part, but... Some of these will obviously remain unsolved. The reason I do think that Lisk 
and all these other cases on solvable is because one probably improper investigation um it seems like during the investigation definitely with Gilbert and the police chief it seems like there was already corruption or corrupted officials interfering with this case they were mishandling the case they were not properly investigating everything they they say one thing but a private autopsy shows another or they have an idea that these are connected but they want to push the case so fast that the case isn't properly investigated truly it happens a lot um, definitely with cases like these cases like these pressure authorities detectives officials all those people and the people doing investigations are being so pressured to find the killer or killers and so they just go through it fast sweep it on the table and in some cases if it's a smaller town case like let's say if a person in my town murdered a person but you know they don't have that suspect they blame on another person they force the person with a false confession you know that type of thing it's it's not properly being investigated and it's it, it was being investigated by people that shouldn't have been in that room people that shouldn't have been investigating this case because of what they did and what they've been doing during the investigation even the chief should have never ever been involved regardless if they known about it or not previously or about a possible connection to one of the possible victims he should have never ever legally been allowed to go near the case he should have actually had the higher authority above him to tell him step down until this investigation is 100% done that's a legal obligation to do like I said I don't think anybody truly knew about him being involved with possibly Gilbert at a party or any escort but at the same time he's still doing legal activity related to this case but in short this episode of Long Island Serial Killer has concluded. This one will also follow with tomorrow's episode being released. Those episodes as of tomorrow, March 23rd, will be released within 30 minutes of each other. So, I hope you enjoy both parts. Give me your theories um, and all of that. I might actually do another um, I, I might do another post about this on my blog whenever I get the chance because I'm doing also Tammy House's investigation too. Um, trying to at least. I have the draft saved. But I can also jump back into that too. Um, without further ado though, like I said, if you like this, follow us on anywhere you listen to podcasts, anywhere in the world. Share us tell people about us online or write us good reviews or whatever get us noticed 
because I honestly want to do more to branch out with this podcast, whether it's a online deal like videos or documentaries, because anything helps solve unsolvable cases if I'm able to actually go out into the field. But with your help, I can do that. So like I said, like, follow, and share. We'll see you next time on the After Dark Podcast, Coast to Coast Killers.